are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Hey, I am uh, loving studying Daniel with you. I want you to thrive. Talk about thriving. Go Haley Bands. I'll be praying for you. Um, you know, thriving yesterday, we had the Swazi 5K. Did you know that yesterday, um, with everything combined, uh, normally an event that raises $40,000 to support our friends in Eswatini and the Bethany After School Program, yesterday it was a $100,000 day. It was awesome. Just awesome. Annette and I are off on Thursday. It's our day off. Um, I tend to work a lot of weekends. And uh, so, so we had this situation come up. And it was kind of a bummer. I'm just going to level with you. Not good. And we had to deal with it, you know. And at one point, we're backing out of our garage. And Annette's with me in the car. And I just put it in park. And I said, hey, let me just say this. I feel like that we have settled kind of just to get through this day. And, and we've kind of got our idea maybe set on, let's just try to survive. Let's just get through it. But you know, and I know that God doesn't want that for us. And we don't want that for each other. We want to thrive. We don't want to just survive. And somehow God lined that conversation with his grace. And from that moment forward, our day turned around. And we lived in the joy of the Lord. And we were thriving all day on Thursday. I believe that God wants that for you. I want you to leave here today, and this is what I've been praying, that you would leave here today filled with the hope that has been made available to you, that you would walk out these doors feeling like, you know what, there's a lot of hope in our situation. God's with us. That's what I've been asking God to do for you. You know, as we study Daniel, we learn a lot about God, and, and truthfully, I think that's what we're all wanting, isn't it? What do you want? You want to know about God. I want a deeper understanding of God. I want a deeper relationship with God. I, can you tell me something about God that I don't know? And when we study Daniel, we get this deeper understanding about God. Last week, we threw out the word sovereignty. In other words, somebody is in control and it's God. He is sovereign. History is not simply marching forward with meaningless direction. God has a plan. God is in control. In fact, where we are in chapter 2 today, Daniel says these words to a pagan king whose name is Nebuchadnezzar. He says, you are the king of kings. What he means by that is that of all the earthly kingdoms in the world, your kingdom is the greatest. You know what he says? Nebuchadnezzar, do you know why you are the king of the greatest kingdom in the world? Because God made you king of that kingdom. God in heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. He goes on to say in chapter 2 that God deposes kings and he raises others up. In other words, he's saying, Nebuchadnezzar, the day that God decides you're not going to be king anymore, you're not going to be king anymore. So think with me. If it is true for that day, is it true for this day? Are the rulers and the leaders of the world today 
leaders in the world today because God allows them to be leaders in the world today? See, this conversation about sovereignty is complicated. Are the leaders in the world today leaders in the world today because God allows them to be leaders in the world today? It's a complicated conversation, isn't it? He goes on to say, God, you reveal things that are hidden, deep, hidden things. He's talking about the future. Daniel is a book of prophecy. What we do not get in Daniel is like these dates and times. We know the folly of people who have tried to set dates and times in the past, and now we just kind of laugh at them and make fun of them because nobody knows the days and times. What apocalyptic literature like Daniel does give us is general concepts. And here's the overriding concept, the overriding message of Daniel, that there will be kingdoms and kings who will rise to power in this world. They will ignore God as the one true king. They will ignore the will of God. They will glory in their own power. But one day God will raise up his kingdom and humble all the arrogant kingdoms of the world. And God will rule this world with peace and love and justice and compassion. That's the hope of Daniel. You know what it does? It brings us to where we're living. What do you mean like big picture stuff like what's happening in the world today? Yes, I think so. Or do you mean like, uh, like our everyday kind of day-to-day lives? Yes, I think so. Or do you mean like what's going on in our church? Yep, I think so. I think it speaks into where we are. So we are presently in the search for two, two pastors here at Bethany First Church. One, a worship pastor for our, sec, our first service. Um, sorry about that, Chad. You're, you're good. We're okay. Everything's right. And then uh, we're also searching for a university pastor. And so um, you say, well, you've been in the search for a while. Yeah, for this worship pastor in first service. Have you found anybody that like checks all the boxes? We have. Well, why don't you just call one of them? Because we're not looking for just one of them. We're looking for the person that God says, this is the person for this church, for this season. See, we're praying for wisdom. We're waiting until we sense that God says, this is, this is right. You understand? And it will be the same thing with the university pastor. We'll have many that we'll talk to. But we're going to be praying, and we're going to be waiting on God. And we want God to say, this is the person for this season, for this church. Yeah. So if anybody says, what's taking so long? I would just say, we're waiting on God. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to keep waiting until we hear from God. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say to you today, okay? Really simple. It comes from the book of Daniel. God is the giver of wisdom. True story. God is the giver of wisdom. Let me just give you Daniel's exact words, okay? He says, in regard to God, Daniel says, he gives wisdom. And so Daniel is in a position where he needs wisdom in chapter 2. You're going to find yourself throughout your life from time to time in a position where you need wisdom. And so I want us to go to Daniel chapter 2 together. Verse 1, you ready? 
we'll get to those words here. So if you weren't here last week, the story goes like this. Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king of Babylonia, has besieged Jerusalem, and now he rules over all of Judah. He has humiliated the Jewish people. Not only that, but he's carried off articles from the temple of their God and put them into the temple of his God. But he has taken the youngest, the best, the brightest young men of nobility and royal blood with him. He's trying to brainwash them and put them in his own service. And so, in the second year, you ready? Verse 1 of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled, and he couldn't sleep. That's because of his dreams. And so the king rather summoned the magicians, the chanters, the sorcerers, the astrologers. Now, if you're a pagan king and, and you're trying to understand a dream, who are you going to call? Well, you're going to call uh, magicians and enchanters and sorcerers and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. So when they came in, they stood before the king. He said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me. And, and I want to know what it means. I want, I want to know what the dream means. And then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell us, your servants, the dream, and we will interpret it for you. So let me just ask, and I want full congregational participation here. You ready? Everybody is going to participate. If you don't mind, if you'll do this for me, I would love it. How many of you would say that probably once or twice a week at least, um, I have dreams when I'm sleeping? Just hands really high if you have dreams. Wow, that's about everybody in the room. Just about everybody in the room would say I have dreams. How many of you believe this? Okay, you ready for this? How many of you believe at some point... You've had a dream, and that dream meant something. It had meaning. Raise your hand. How many of you? Wow, several of you. I, I have not. In fact, I, I have decided in my life my dreams have never meant anything. And therefore, I kind of have this sense that dreams don't mean anything. They're just crazy dreams. My, my wife, Annette, she has dreams, and sometimes she would love to share her dreams with somebody and I'm not the person who wants to hear about her dreams. I, I, just, I just don't think they have meaning. And she'll start telling me about a dream. I'll be like, you know, I don't know if I really want to hear this whole story about your dream. And she's like, I know, you don't want to hear my dreams kind of thing. But I just, I just feel like dreams are just goofy. But to challenge that way of thinking, in the Bible, there are many times recorded in Scripture where God speaks to people through dreams. In fact, in Daniel chapter 2, God speaks clearly to a pagan king in a dream. And so, that pagan king wants some help interpreting his dream. So, I, I, I think this phrase is something we ought to just kind of stop for a moment. And I don't know why I want to say this so bad, but I'm going to just stop and say it. You look absolutely awesome today. Um, I love the way that you're kind of involved in the sermon the only thing to be better if you guys were sitting closer to the front, but I'm okay. Um, I, I just love having you here, and, and, and I love getting to share God's Word with you. And I love the fact that I'm a part of this church and this community, and I'm just kind of overflowing with that. And I just wanted to say it, so there I said it. So here's what he says. He says, I have firmly decided. Now, I remember one time saying that. 
to a group of people on the executive committee of a church board. We were not in agreement. There were four men sitting in a circle with me. We were trying to work through something. We were seeing things from different angles. I, in that moment, believed that God had made me the pastor of the church and the leader, and I felt like God wanted me to lead. And I remember looking into the eyes of those four men, and I said to them, let's just stop talking for a second. And they looked up at me and I said, I have made a firm decision. This is the direction we're going to go. And I don't do that hardly ever in my life. But that day I believed it was right. Nebuchadnezzar says, I have firmly decided. It's not up for discussion. I don't even want to talk about it. The decision has been made. I've decided that I want you to tell me what my dream was, and then I want you to interpret it for me. And if you can't, I'm going to have you cut to pieces, and I'm going to have your homes turned into piles of rubble. But if you can, I will reward you greater than you can imagine and give you gifts beyond your imagination. And so there's no real in-between. You're either going to die a horrible death and your family is going to be disgraced, or you're going to be the richest person in the kingdom. They protested. They said, we can't do it. This is unreasonable. No king has ever asked for such a thing. This is too difficult. It's too hard. It can't be done. This is not right. You can't ask something like this of us. This is, this is just too hard. You may say, Rick, we, we walked into the room this morning. We, we had great worship. We sat down. You begin to preach, and, and one of the first things you said was that wisdom comes from God. Why is that so important to you? And here's why. Because we sometimes find ourselves in difficult situations where we do not know what to do. We don't have the answer. We can't find the solution. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It feels and seems impossible to us. And it keeps us from thriving. See, I'm, I'm looking to the eyes of people, and some of you are watching from your living rooms right now, and you are saying to me, Rick, I'm in a situation in my life today where I have, I have thought about it until I don't know what to think. I've talked about it until I don't know what else to say. I've prayed about it, and I don't know how else I can pray at this point. I'm in a position where I've cried about it until I don't have any more tears. And I just don't know what to do. I don't have an answer. I don't have a solution. I don't have a fix. I'm just stuck. There's a writer that I've enjoyed over the years. He doesn't seem to write as much as he used to, but his name is John Ortberg. He was a great student of Dallas Willard. And Ortberg says, I don't believe that God is working 
to produce the circumstances that you want. I don't believe it. He said, I don't believe God is at work trying to produce the circumstances that you want. Instead, Orbert said, I believe that God is working in the midst of your circumstances to produce the you that he wants. I don't believe God is working to produce the circumstances you want. I believe instead God is working in the midst of your circumstances to produce the you that he wants. If you want to talk about circumstances, Daniel's circumstances are not good. The king becomes so angry because his wise men said, we can't give you what you're asking for. He ordered a decree that every wise man in Babylon would be put to death. Cut them to pieces, turn their houses into piles of rubble. That includes Daniel and his friends. He didn't have great circumstances. His head's on the chopping block. He's at a point called critical. I'm talking about the needle is now in the red. The situation is dire. Circumstances are awful. And God says, Daniel, I'm going to do something besides give you better circumstances. I'm going to work in the midst of the circumstances to produce the you, the Daniel that I want. So Daniel, with tact and wisdom, asked for time. We've got to buy some time here. They give him a little time. And Daniel says, somehow we've got to move from just surviving to thriving, right? How can we get past this motive? We've just got to get through this. And so we've been talking about this idea. How do you move from surviving to thriving? Last week, we realized Daniel said, God is sovereign. God's in control. My life's in his hands. I'm going to do what God asks of me. And there's other observations this week. Here's the first thing. Daniel asked his friends to pray with him. Hey, could I just do something right now? Could I just have a seat right here? And could you just kind of connect with me for a minute? Look into my eyes for a second. And could I ask you to do this for me? Would you... Would you join me in prayer about hiring these two pastors? Would you do that? Some of you are saying, we, we already have been. Would you turn it up a little bit? And, and would the rest of you just say, you know what, Rick? I'll do this with you. I'll, I'm going to join you, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray with you about hiring. These, I'm going to pray that God will give wisdom where wisdom is needed in hiring these pastors. See, that's what Daniel does. Daniel, go back to the screen if you will. He turns to his friends and he asks them, would you pray with me? Let me give you the actual words, okay, from uh, chapter 2. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this ministry. Could we just stop and pray, he said. Do you know why Daniel wanted to stop and pray? Because Daniel believed that wisdom comes from God. You see, Daniel was convinced that wisdom comes from God. You remember his words in regard to God, Daniel said, He gives wisdom. 
God is as God as He will ever be when He's given His people wisdom. That's what God does. It reminds me of that verse over in James, chapter 1, verse 5, where James says, do any of you, talking about, do you, anybody lack wisdom? James says, you know what you should do if you lack wisdom? If you say, Rick, I've, I've thought about it until I don't know what to think. I've prayed about it until I don't know how to pray. I've, I've thought about it. I've talked about it. I've cried about it. I don't have any more tears. I don't know what to do. James says, you know what you should do? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Because God gives to all generously. You should pray. And so Daniel brings his friends together, and he asks them to pray with him. For the Babylonians, their idea of wisdom is very different. Uh, they, they simply said this, you know what? Um, this wisdom that we need, that you're asking for, <laughs> we, we can't do it. We don't have it. It's too difficult. And, and besides that, only the gods can do it. And they do not live among humans. In, in, in other words, we don't interact with the gods. The gods don't talk to us. The gods can do it, but the gods aren't interacting with us. What, what we can do, King, if, if you'll just tell us what you dreamed, we'll get our books out, we'll look at past experience in life, and, and we will come up with something for you. But not for Daniel. Daniel said, no, no, I think... In my life, wisdom is dependent on my relationship with God. God. God comes to me. God interacts with me. In fact, 2,000 years ago, later, I'm sorry, 2,000 years ago, 600 years after Daniel, God would come into the world in the form of Jesus, and he would move into one of the neighborhoods, and he would walk among us. Daniel says, no, no, my, my God comes to us. My God talks to us. My God speaks to us. My God reveals things to us that are deep and hidden. God interacts. Wisdom comes from God. And the Word tells us that God spoke to Daniel through a vision. Now, it was the first of seven visions that Daniel will have. And, and in chapters 7 through 12, I won't be preaching from all of those chapters in this series, we have the same storyline that we have in this vision. Let me give it to you, okay? Here's the dream. Daniel says, King, this is what you dreamed. You saw a statue, didn't you? And Nebuchadnezzar says, you know, I believe I did. <laughs> and he says its head was made of gold. Its torso was silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were made of iron. Feet, a mixture of clay and iron. And he says, then there was a rock. And the rock was thrown at the statue, and the statue crumbled, and it fell to pieces. In fact, it became dust like chaff, and the wind blew it away. But the rock, it began to grow, and it got bigger. And finally, it was a mountain, and larger than a mountain, and it finally filled the whole earth. This is what your dream means. You, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. You're the king of the greatest kingdom in the world. God has given you power and dominion and might and glory. But after you will come another kingdom. And after that kingdom will come another kingdom. And after that kingdom will come another kingdom. But the rock that destroys the statue, well, that's the kingdom of God. 
that will grow and become a mountain and that will one day fill the whole earth. Nebuchadnezzar, here's what's going to happen. Kingdoms and kings will come into power. But they will be arrogant and they will deny that God is the one true king. They will deny the will of God. They will glory in their own power. But one day God will bring about his kingdom on earth. And it will rule over all the kingdoms of the world in love and peace and truth and in justice. You see, God gave Daniel wisdom. When I think about these words, I think about the fact that Jesus comes on the scene 2,000 years ago. And you know what he says? The kingdom of God has finally come. <laughs> it's here. And I've watched the kingdom of God grow into that mountain. And all around the world, the kingdom of God continues to march on. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom is within you. I'm going to build my church and there's nothing that's going to prevail against it. Not even the gates of hell. And the church continues to spread like a wildfire. That's biblical prophecy being fulfilled. Let me just say one other thing about Daniel. Here's how he moved from surviving to thriving. He knew his limitations. It, it, it's really the same thing of what I'm saying here. Daniel knew that he could not reveal deep and hidden mysteries. Only God could. Daniel says, I can be faithful to God, but there's other things I can't do. I have to turn to God. I know where I am weak. I know where my power stops. And so Daniel gives praise to God because he says, I'm not the one who's doing this. God is. Let, let, let me read you the words, okay, from chapter 2. Daniel replied, there's no wise man. There's no enchanter. There's no magician. There's no diviner who can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven. He reveals mysteries. He has shown the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what will happen in the days to come. And so when you say, hey, Rick, I have thought about it until I don't know what to think. I have talked about it until I don't know what to say. I've prayed about it, and I don't know how else I can pray. I've cried about it until I don't have any tears left. I don't know what to do. Daniel would say to you, but there is a God in heaven, and he knows what to do. Yeah. You walk through the doors today with a concern. When you clicked on your computer this morning and you begin to watch online from home, you might have started with a concern. What is it? Oh, it's a, it's a family thing. This morning, somebody said, would you pray with me about a family thing? You might say, it's a, it's a sickness. Maybe it's an emotional struggle. It's, it's a financial thing, Rick. We're going through this thing. Oh, it's about a relationship. A 
thought about it. I don't know what to think anymore. I've talked about it to friends. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. I've prayed about it. I don't know how else I can pray. I've cried about it. I, I don't have any more tears. I just don't know what to do. Can I take a minute and pray for you? Father, we know that wisdom comes from you. And, and we get it. We know that there are situations in our lives when we just don't know what to do. Daniel didn't have an answer. And so maybe today is one of those days where we just turn to our friends and say, would you pray with me? I'm limited. There's things I can't do. Only God can do. I don't have the answer. Only God does. And I pray this in Jesus' name. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.